Hi, this is Dr. MJ coming to you from beautiful Boston, Massachusetts. This is the Women in Dentistry podcast where we feature women in dentistry making waves and leading the industry through the next decade. I am your host, Dr. Mary Jane Hanlon, a former dental assistant, dental hygienist, and now dentist. In 2014, Deborah Carrier developed and patented temperature-regulating moisture-wicking antimicrobial uniforms and founded Twice as Nights Uniforms. In addition to her many years of working as a dental hygienist, she was also a high-fashion model. She took her experience and love of fashion to New York City, where she worked with and learned from industry experts about fabrics, fit, and manufacturing process before setting out to create a new stylish, technologically advanced approach to medical and dental apparel that is safe, professional, and comfortable. Recently, she has established the company as a niche high-end dental apparel company and launched a new program, Twice the Life, to donate gently used uniforms to dental mission trips. Two current partnerships have allowed her company to grow and remain manufacturing in the U.S. She has partnered with her factory of four years in New Jersey and is also a key opinion leader with Procter & Gamble's Crest Oral-B to present fashion shows nationwide to the dental industry. Deborah has been featured in RDH Magazine, Dentistry Today, Dental Explorer, Atlanta's Best Self, Do, the winner of Apparel Magazine's Most Innovative Company of 2015. She's a member of the Crest Smile Council and has participated in various podcasts, seminars, and fashion shows over the past two years. Deborah's goal with Twice as Nice Uniforms is bringing comfort to those who comfort others. She strives to make the daily life of her fellow healthcare providers more comfortable and safe by providing high-quality, temperature-regulating, protective, professional-looking uniforms. Please help me welcome Ms. Deborah Carrier. So I guess the, the one thing I want to do is just start out by telling us a little bit about your story and how you get into dentistry. And I'm going to ask a little bit later about some background things, but in the meantime, it, it would be great if my audience knew, you know, how you got in, I mean, designing clothing, it's, it's not <laughs> something that really pairs well with dentistry. Right. <laughs> so I'd love to know how you did that. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to our channel. And also, don't forget to hit the bell so you never miss out on a single episode. Thanks so much. Okay. All right. Well, it's a a pretty long story, but I'll try to make it in the short version. So, yes, I went to hygiene school right straight from high school, and I became the the treasurer of my hygiene class. And one of the things I had to do was to do some kind of fundraiser, and I decided I would do a fashion show. So I partnered with the local uh, mall and we did a fashion show and all of my, all the other students that were in the hygiene program were my models and I modeled in the show as well. And there was a scout in the audience that day, which I didn't know about. And they recruited me to start modeling professionally. So, yeah. So my modeling career started at the same time my dental hygiene career started. I did both, you know, hand in hand a little bit. Mm -hmm. And When I got out of hygiene school, there was a big surplus of hygienists. I went to school in Chicago and there was a big surplus of hygienists and only a couple of us got full-time jobs right away. And I was lucky to be one of those. And I worked in a group practice where there were three other hygienists that were very well seasoned, wonderful, fantastic hygienists. And um, so of course I was a little intimidated by that, but 
after the first six months, I noticed that the patients were asking to be put on my schedule. And I couldn't understand why, but every month the doctor gave us what he called the top banana awards. And they were for, you know, being the most efficient or, you know, whatever it was. And I always got the best dressed award. And so I started looking around the office and I realized that I really looked per professional and really looked like I knew what I was doing compared to some of the other hygienists who were just as good or probably better hygienists than I was at that point. But, you know, they came dressed sloppily and, you know, and in big baggy scrubs and, you know, didn't carry themselves as well. So, mm -hmm. and then as my career moved along, I had other instances where it really hit home to me that dressing professionally was so important. Then I was still modeling. So I always had that, you know, that interest in fashion. And so then it just kind of rocked along for a long time. And I, I did hygiene full-time, part-time, temporary, all different things along the road. And then five years ago, I was working full-time and I walked out to get in my car to drive home. And I thought, how much time did I spend battling the thermostat with the dental assistant today? And that's the number one conflict in the dental office between employees is the thermostat. And typically everybody up front's freezing, there's space heaters going, they've got fleece jackets on, they look terrible. And in the back, people are burning up, there's fans going, you know, people aren't wearing their PPEs because they were too hot. And I was just like, no, 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 this is, we can't do this anymore. And I, I said, I know there's technology and fabric, there's got to be something I can do about this. And of course, I knew nothing. I mean, I had that little bit of fashion background, so I knew style and I knew the dental office, but I just jumped in with both feet and I just started asking questions and getting prototypes together and went off to New York, went to a fabric show, knowing nothing at that point and started asking questions. I said, I need a, a pattern maker and I got connected with somebody that was a fit specialist. So I started talking to her about what I wanted to do, and she was just as passionate about it as I was of changing how scrubs looked, and that's pretty much how it started. And then I went out and raised money and found a factory in New Jersey, and here we are. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is a, an unbelievable story. But two things caught my attention. One is, and I want you to elaborate a little bit more on this, is your bravery, because this <laughs> is not... Right. You know, I'm, I, I have a very strong entrepreneurial spirit, always have, mm -hmm. but this is not a small undertaking. <laughs> I, I, my sister is actually a designer and mm -hmm. I know what it's like to see her go through prototypes and mm -hmm. selecting fabrics and all of that sort of stuff and then right. selling it on top of it. Right. So a whole bunch of questions. <laughs> so obviously you were really brave. And so where does that come from? I've always been that way. I've, I've always been a self-starter. I've always been a problem solver. And I just really have never had fear. Now, looking back now, what I know now, I should have been afraid when I started this. Good for you. <laughs> I just, yeah, but I wasn't. I was like, all right, well, we're going to figure it out. We'll, we'll make it happen. And and, you know, obviously the journey's taken all these turns along the way. And, and five years ago, I would never dream of, you know, the, what I'm doing now. It's, I mean, even 10 years ago, I would never thought I owned a uniform company. But I honestly just didn't think about it. I just knew that this was a problem I needed to solve. And my passion took over. And I just started running as fast as I could. And I haven't stopped. 
That's amazing. What do you think is the number one reason why your confidence level is so high? Is there anything that contributed to that? Can you, reflecting back, is have you always been this confident? And Pretty brave? much, yes. I have to contribute a lot of that to my parents. My parents were amazing role models and they're self-starters and very strong people. Um, so that's part of it. A funny part of this story is I almost didn't go to dental hygiene school when I found out that I had to take a speech class because I was very shy unless I was something that I was just very passionate about. And now looking at that, it's like, I love being out in front of people and talking. And I do fashion shows where there's, you know, thousand people in the audience and I love it, but I would never have guessed that, you know, looking back, but, but yes, I've just, I really been a self-starter. When I was in high school, I was in the marching band and our marching band, we got a new director my freshman year and we were terrible. It was like the bad news bears. It was just awful. And we got this new director. And by the time my senior year came around, we were winning awards all over the country. Wow. I mean, he just transformed us. And we had a reunion a couple of years ago and he would, like my director was there. And so he, he said, well, what are you doing now? And I told him and he said, I specifically remember the day I walked into the band room and said, we need new band uniforms. Who wants to be in charge? And he said, your hand just shot up like that. Wow. I, don't, I didn't even remember that. And then, I, and then once he said that, I thought, yeah, I do remember. I went to the fabric store. I picked out patterns. I picked out fabric. I got all these moms together to sew stuff. And <laughs> so so you've had it in you your whole life and you just yeah. didn't remember. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, that, that is exciting. <laughs> now, do you practice clinical hygiene anymore? I do. I still work four hours a month. And uh, <laughs> I really don't have time to do that, but I still love being a hygienist. And every month when those four hours roll around the night before, I'm thinking, why am I still doing this? I don't have time to do this. But then I get there and it's like, being on vacation because I can't answer my phone. I can't check my email and I can just zero in on these patients. And these are patients I've been seeing for 30 years. Oh, and, sure. You know, we all know how that is. They're our family and it just is time to, and I also think that it's super important to my customers that I'm still, you know, in dentistry because I can keep a pulse on, especially now with what's going on right now. Oh my now, goodness. All our infection control getting ready to change or whatever we're going to do. And so I think it's really important that I'm still in the office and knowing exactly what's going on. Well, interesting that you bring that up because obviously it's having COVID-19 is having a huge impact on our entire world, not just our industry. Our whole world has really been somewhat crippled from all of this. I will tell you that I was reminded of you. Now, you're probably not going to remember this, but I met you first at Connecticut meeting last year right. actually uh -huh. with John Stamper. Mm -hmm. I was there to see John Stamper and see what they were doing because I was fascinated by what he was doing and what doing. watched the, the whole fashion show and was totally mm -hmm. intrigued by you. But I don't wear scrubs anymore because of my role. But I will say that I am going down the path that everybody has to wear scrubs at the school now. And we are not going to allow anyone to come in in their scrubs or go home in their scrubs. Right. So I suspect that, you know, perfect timing for you as far as what you're doing with, with your scrubs. But also I did get an ad for your masks and ordered several of them this past yeah. week because 
you know, I looked at them and I said, okay, I've got to get something. I might as well have something that has been well thought of and worked inside the, the profession yeah. to wear. So what do you foresee in the next couple of months is going to be your biggest challenge with your business with regards to that? Having enough people. <laughs> um, what I thought was going to happen when four weeks ago when all this started is that we would have a little bit of a lull because most of our sales always came from trade shows and I knew sure. those were going to be canceled. But I thought, well, okay, I, I can design a mask and I thought, you know, we'll just make these and do a donation and, you know, get these out there to people who wouldn't necessarily be getting the masks that they need, like police departments and hospice workers and mm -hmm. that type of stuff. And so that's why we started it. And then all of a sudden, everybody was asking me for masks. So I thought, well, all right, we'll just, um, we'll put them on the website and see what happens. <laughs> and just literally overnight, it just exploded. And so as this was progressing, I was obviously keeping a pulse on what was happening because I thought, all right, things are going to change and I need mm -hmm. to keep ahead of this for my company because are we still going to be wearing lab coats? You know, wh wh where are we going with all this? So I've been very close in touch with OSAP and CDC and trying to jump on every podcast that I can with infection control specialists and keep up with that. And about a year ago, I added surgical caps to my line. And a lot of people said, well, why would we want these? And now the orders are just flying in. So I do know that, I mean, right now they're saying a shield with either a surgical mask or an N95 and a, a surgical, well, they're not saying a surgical cap, but most people are adding a surgical cap to that. And then either the same lab coat that we've been wearing or some kind of surgical gown. So I am in the process of designing a face shield as well as a surgical gown that goes with the message that we've always stood for at Twice as Nice. It's always been about comfort, professionalism, and safety. And so that's what we're looking at is to adding all that we can so that we will be kind of a one-stop shop for all your PPEs. That's great. What a great vision to have. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was in clinical practice, I did buy surgical gowns because I, I preferred to wear clothing, but I wanted to have everything covered. And right. I, I wanted to have the cuffs and I high neck and the whole mm -hmm. bit. So I found them and I bought six at once thinking that, you know, I'd have one for every day and a couple extras. And I will tell you, when I wanted to go buy more, I couldn't find them again. And what was so nice about them is they had some kind of antimicrobial material to the mm -hmm. front of them yeah. and would wick away any kind of fluids and mm -hmm. blood and, you know, any of the aerosols that we come in contact with. So right. I loved my gowns and I would really struggle today mm -hmm. trying to go back without thinking about wearing something like that. Right. So yeah. great move on your part. Thank you. And it's it's funny, when I started this company five years ago, several people that I talked to said, well, I, we think you're about five years ahead of yourself. And mm -hmm. I thought, well, here we are. I now have temperature regulating uniforms, which are going to come in very handy with all our new PPE that we're you know, going to be donning every day. And Absolutely. Um, and I am looking at making a surgical gown that's not only antimicrobial moisture wicking, like you mentioned, but temperature regulating as well. Excellent. Well, I'm going to go to my next question, which is, what is the single best piece of advice you have ever gotten? And from whom did you get it? 
So right when I started Twice as Nice Uniforms, I literally bumped into a gentleman and we started a conversation and I started telling him about my idea of making these uniforms. And it turned out that he was on the board of the Atlanta Technology Angels. So he was very interested in what I was doing because they invested in people like me. Wow. And so he became one of my mentors immediately. And now he's, he's one of my partners. And he said to me, he said, just surround yourself with as many people as you can who know different things that you don't know. And that's what I did from day one. Cause I, you know, I didn't really understand the whole financial end of starting a manufacturing clothing and you know, setting up a website and all that stuff. So I, that's what I did. I immediately went out and just started talking to the whole world <laughs> and finding out who was the expert in this, that, and the other thing. And that's what I did. Oh my gosh. That's fabulous. You know, I say all the time, nothing is by coincidence. Everything is synchronicity in this universe. And there was no no other reason for you to be bumping into that person <laughs> right. other than you were supposed to meet each other. So that's exactly. fabulous. So is there anyone in dentistry today that inspires you? Like who inspires you the most? Oh my gosh. So I get asked that question a lot. And mm. I mean, like a hundred people come to mind at once. And Who's the first one that came to mind today? Linda Miles. Yeah. <laughs> Tanya Lane Thier. I mean, I could go on and on and on. There are so many different people that have helped me in so many different aspects of this. But I think, like, really, if I sit back and think about that question, it's just everybody in dentistry. From the day I started this company, I just felt like it was such a big welcoming family. Everybody's been there to support me from day one any way they could and give me guidance and support. And, you know, John Stamper's done so much for me with the, the fashion shows. And I mean, it, it just every different aspect of it. It's, I, I love being in this dental family, how we support each other so much. I will have to say that I agree with you wholeheartedly. There hasn't been a single person that I've called on that I don't know in the dental world, you know, from office managers all the way up to major female leaders of mm -hmm. dentistry in this country that have said, no, I don't want to be on your podcast. And to <laughs> me, that's pretty amazing. Uh, it is very welcoming. It's extremely supportive. Yeah. I do think that we have one of the best communities of people. I, I'm not sure that I see that as much in medicine as I no. do in dentistry. Mm -hmm you know, medical personnel buy my uniforms as well, but they don't seem to have the same tight camaraderie that we have right. for some reason. And I don't know if it's just so much bigger and maybe that's part of it, but they have a different relationship with their patients than we do in dentistry. And I think that's what kind of draws our kind of personalities to dentistry. Right. Right. And I don't know, it's just been so wonderful from day one. That's great. Who has had the most impact on your career? Is there any one person or a group of people that have impacted you the most? I don't know. No, I don't. I don't think there's one person. But what I have to do is give a shout out to my sisters. You know, we are a small family run company. And I would not be sitting here doing what I'm doing right now if it wasn't for my two sisters. It's like my right hand. I mean, anytime I'm drowning, I just call her and she jumps in. She takes care of it. She handles our website, all that stuff. My other sister, Dia, is a communications consultant, so she, she does all our PR and helps me write stuff, and 
my son's a graphic designer, so he did our logo and all our artwork. And I posted on Facebook a couple of days ago, my parents are sitting at home folding masks and putting them in bags. <laughs> and it's kept them from fighting with each other. <laughs> so and taking niece, a shot for the team, right? Right. So and my nieces and nephews jump in whenever. So I have to say my family because I would not be where I am right now without them. I would think that most of us would say the same thing. And especially now where we're spending so much time with our family, right. I actually think that's the silver lining in all of the crisis that we're, we're going through. And as difficult as it is, that is definitely a silver lining mm -hmm. is spending more time with our family. Have you ever had an aha moment when you realized you were doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing? <laughs> Did it ever hit um, you? Yeah, a couple of times it hit me. When I did my very first fashion show, which was, I guess, about three years ago, and we were, and a lot of times I used dental hygiene or dental students in mm -hmm. dental school students in my fashion shows, which sure. are, they're fabulous to work with and because they're all excited and, you know, it's really fun. And I overheard my sister saying to the students, this is like one of my sister's dreams come true because she did a fashion show when she was in dental hygiene school and it's just come kind of come full circle for her and it made me step back for a minute and say mm -hmm. yeah you know what i have been like working my whole life for this and then the other one was what i told you about when my band director said that about the uniforms i thought i have been being groomed for this my entire 40-year journey as being a dental hygienist, but I didn't really realize that that's what was happening. So when I was at Hinman two years ago, mm -hmm. and that was my first really big major fashion show on a trade show floor, and I was in tears at the end of that. I mean, everybody came backstage and I was like, this is it. This is my dream. This is what I wanted. I saw my fashions up there the way I knew, you know, I had in my head and and the fashion show coming across the way it needed to be and showing all these other products. And so, yeah, I think that's... It's such a fabulous thing. Congratulations. You know, whenever you see somebody succeed, especially in a new business, so many fail, you know, quickly, right. you know, destroys your finances, the whole bit. And, right. and <laughs> it gives a lot of people pause before right. they take that leap. And mm which is why I, it precipitated the bravery comment for me, knowing how, how tough it is to just step out there and right. take the chance. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it's amazing that, that you've had so much success and well-earned, obviously. Your, well, your products are you. unbelievable and well-made. And I love the fact that you're trying to stay in the U.S. I really yeah, do. I think was, people appreciate that. They do. They appreciate it a lot. And it's been extremely hard. And it, it almost ended the company about a year and a half ago because wow. it was getting that hard to do. But I was determined to keep going. And back to your point about I mentor a lot of people, too, when they want to start their own businesses. And I tell them the, the ugly side of it because <laughs> there's a lot of it. And and I worked for four years without a salary at all. And I put my whole entire life savings into this. And But if I had not done that, I would have always said, what if, you know, why didn't I? And, you know, you can always pick yourself up and go on some way. So if you have a dream, you have to follow it. I couldn't agree with you more. I, living with regret over your life is yes. one of life's biggest gut disappointments. Yep. It just is. 
you have to be willing to try. You know, there is no can or will you, and there is no try. You have to, you have right. to. Right. Mm-hmm. Good yep. for you. So tell us about an obstacle that you've overcome during this period and what it was and how did you overcome it? Well, there have been a lot of obstacles. (laughs) I know, Um, silly question, right? (laughs) Right. Sorry. So the biggest obstacle lately, and it still is an obstacle, is fabric. Right before this crisis hit, Fabric was getting harder and harder to get. I get some. Tell fabric. us a little bit about that. Why is it getting harder to get? Well, because most of it comes from overseas. Like I get fabric in North Carolina and I get fabric from Los Angeles, but different components to make all that come from other countries. And with trade agreements changing and stuff, it was becoming harder and more expensive for them to get it. So, of course, then it was making it harder and harder for me and more expensive for me at the same time. And my fabric is very specialized um, and that's what makes us stand out from other people so Mm -hmm. it wasn't like I could just keep calling people and you know find fabric so just as this whole crisis was starting I was reaching out and trying to find other people to get fabric from but my person in LA just called me out of the blue and he's like we just happen to have a lot of your fabric here what do you want to do and I really didn't have as much money as I needed to buy it all. But I said, just ship it. Just, we got to get it like right now. And literally we were the last shipment out of the warehouse before they closed it down for the crisis and and they're still closed down. So they got that there. And then we pivoted and started doing this mask thing, which I wasn't planning on doing. And we had some fabric at the factory for that. That was the perfect stuff. And then my other fabric, the the antimicrobial one that we're putting on the inside of the mask, I get from North Carolina. And they had just closed their factory down. And I had two days before they closed it, I had ordered a bunch of fabric. So we got that. But now what's happening is raw materials all over the United States are almost impossible to find like elastic mm-hmm. you just cannot find because everybody's making masks. making masks right? yeah so we've had to lock our factory doors 24 7 because people are trying to break into our factory wow. steal our fabric steal our masks steal our ideas i mean it's the craziest thing i've ever seen because usually we just leave the doors open and <laughs> people come in and out so the biggest obstacle was the fabric and staying made in the USA because my, you know, the pricing is not cheap. I mean, my margins are not what they would be if I made this stuff in China and brought it over here. But I am so grateful that I'm made in the United States now, especially with what's going on. And that's been, you know, what I've been preaching from day one is why were we letting all these other countries produce our essentials? And now here we are, we're in a, we're in a bind that we shouldn't be in. So. It's uh, interesting that you brought up the supply chain because supply chain issues for businesses in general are huge issues for major companies. Mm -hmm. And not that you and I in dental offices really feel that pinch, but in major corporations, they have been feeling this for quite some time. I know that it's a huge concern from a consumer standpoint because they do have to pass on the, the expense yeah. to the consumer. So, exactly. you know, even though we are not making any money now, everything is going to be 10 times more expensive when yeah. we do get back yep. up and running. Yep. And don't even get me started on shipping. 
<laughs> so tell us your issues about shipping. Obviously, uh, well, we've, we've had everything from uh, two years ago at Christmas. We had like I don't know forty orders go completely missing. And we <gasps> found them sitting in a post office in New Jersey, which was not even the post office where they were sent from. Like four weeks later, and wow. yeah, and I I was on the phone with FedEx earlier today because they're supposed to be picking stuff up at my factory, which they do every day. And today they just said, well, we couldn't get in because they weren't there, which is completely not true. And it's just, you know, things like that. And especially right now, people are ordering the mask and we try to get them out within a day or two because I know people need them. Right. And they, they go into this, okay. I don't know. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, and we don't know what to do. It's just like the tracking just stops and, you know, there's nothing going on. And so... The minute anything with shipping comes up, I just feel my blood pressure go up and it's just like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> so let's go, go to your personal side a little bit. Tell us how you relax. We know this is obviously a very stressful time right. for everyone, but it's, I'm sure it's stressful too for you as, as a, a company owner, CEO of a company. Mm. You know, what do you do to relax and spend your spare time, whatever spare time? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, yes, I have had no spare time. Yesterday, I started thinking about it and I thought, I have not stopped or taken any time off in four weeks since this started and somebody emailed me about something they wanted to talk about. And I just wrote back and I said, I have to take like four hours off. I'm sorry. I'll call you tomorrow. There and, um, so I did that. And today I'm going to try, I love to kayak and that calms me down. And so I'm going to try my darndest to just take an hour and go get in the kayak. I've been drinking a lot more wine. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my factory guy and I said, I think these masks are making me drink more. And he said, well, as long as it's just a glass every night, that's okay, Deb. And I said, well, it's more than a glass. <laughs> I know one can lead to two. They can lead to yeah, all of a sudden. Know, and then all the of a bottle. sudden the bottle's gone. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, whoa. So yeah. But when this isn't going on, I, li I love to be outdoors. So I like to, to hike and, you know, like I said, kayak and I love to travel when, when I can. When you can, when right. you can. We'll get back there. All right. Do you have a guilty pleasure or a secret dream that you'd like to share? Not really. I mean, I love to work. I'm a workaholic, so I guess that's probably my guilty pleasure because it gets frustrating to other people sometimes, especially my family. And my big dream when I start, I'd totally forgotten about this. When I started my company, mm -hmm. I took a picture of the lavender fields in France. And I said, someday I'm going to have a little cottage in some little town in France and ride my bicycle to the market. So, <laughs> we'll Sounds <see>. heavenly. Sounds <laughs> yeah. heavenly. Having been to the French market, my daughter skated when she was younger. And uh, we used to go to Rouen all the time. Mm -hmm. We spent nine trips there. And the outdoor market in downtown Rouen was oh. unbelievable. Oh, I just... My mouth waters. I mine too. About yeah, <laughs> I know. Just to every day, just run out and you know grab some food and wine and cheese and take it home and yeah. So yeah, that's my dream. 
Good for you. So tell us how you do balance, because many, many of the women in the audience obviously are balancing dentistry and Mm -hmm. children and husbands and dual careers and, you know, who stays home with the sick child and who Mm -hmm. goes to work. Even my daughter with my grandson uh, deals with the same thing all the time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, how did you manage that through all of this? Well, I was lucky in that when I started Twice as Nice Uniforms, my son was already grown and gone and I'm single. So that looking back on what I, the mom that I was, I was a total hands-on mother. I could not be doing what I'm doing right now. However, I did start another company 20 years ago when Jordan was growing up and, and I started with my sister and I just made sure that every Mm -hmm. night I made dinner, the family sat down together, you know, there was no ifs, ands, or buts about that. It just, that, that would happen and everything you could put off for later. And I, I don't know, I think that for people that are juggling all that, you have to have an amazing family support system. I agree. And I was lucky in that respect too, because my parents lived three miles from us and so did one of my sisters. So we were there for each other when kids would get sick or, you know, whatever. So you have to have a really good, reliable support system. And then sometimes you just have to let stuff go. You know, <laughs> that was easy for me to say then. I'm not doing it now, so I need to listen to myself. But it'll still be there tomorrow, you know. So, and family is the most important thing because those children grow up so fast. And you'll miss that time and don't be absent. I was made sure I was at every single solitary thing Jordan did from piano lessons to Boy Scouts to whatever. And, mm-hmm. and so was his dad. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Having survived dental school with my five-year-old daughter, oh, I wow. can tell you it was a huge <laughs> huge balancing act. I can't even imagine. (laughs) It was in-laws and parents and girlfriends and we survived. So it was good. (laughs) But I will tell you, if it wasn't for my family, extended family and some friends, Mm -hmm. I never would have been able to do it. So you're absolutely right. The family is the most important thing. And I think, you know, COVID-19 is certainly reminding us of that and making us, you know, spend more time with our children and, and each other. You know, that's that's really what it all comes down to is, you know, the love that you have and you yeah. can't take any of the other stuff with you anyway. So right. what's the most important? Right. And if you don't have family, then make your own family. You exactly. Know? I have yeah, friends exactly. that are like family and, you know, they become family with time. Exactly. So when you reflect back, you know, what is the one piece of advice you would give you as a little girl? Is there anything that you wish you knew when you were younger that you know today? What's the one piece of advice that that you would give a younger you? To not worry so much. I learned that, I don't know, maybe five or 10 years ago, I just quit worrying. I think it was about five years ago. And at one point in my life, I was a big worrier and always said everything had to be planned out perfectly. And I worried things weren't going to work out. But like you said earlier, nothing happens by coincidence in this life it's all there for you and you just need to be calm and follow that path and be open to whatever happens happens it doesn't do any good to worry about it all the worrying is going to do is affect your health and it did there was a point in my life where 
I had fibromyalgia really bad and suffered from migraine headaches. And I look back on it and a lot of it was just stress from, from worrying about things that I couldn't really do anything about. So mm-hmm. now I just, I just toss it to the wind and follow where it happens. To happens. To go. Exactly. Very good. Do you have a personal mantra or motto? Yes. So I, I do what I call the, the mirror challenge. <laughs> the mirror challenge. Oh, yes. I love it. I can't wait to <laughs> and hear I about it. I actually have two different mirror challenges. I do one when I speak about dressing professionally and I, and I tell the, the people in my audience that they need to look in the mirror before they leave for work and say, would I want that dental professional working on me and really look at yourself. But then to take it deeper than that, I look in the mirror and I really stare at myself in my eyes and say, you got this, Deborah, you know, it's going to be fine. Oh, that's great. That's really great because the eyes are the mirror to the soul. Exactly. So you're just yeah. talking to yourself and saying, we got this. Yep. I was, I was recently on the Dr. Phil show. And, wow, good um, for you. Yeah, I've been on the doctors and a couple episodes of the doctors and then I was on Dr. Phil. and. These all happened really fast, and I had these scripts that I, I had to memorize quickly. And, and uh, one of them, well, Dr. Phil, I found out at the last minute, and I was in the middle of Chicago midwinter. I literally flew to Chicago, set up my booth, flew out to L.A., filmed it, and came back within a <laughs> four-hour period. And I didn't sleep. And so I was in the dressing room at Dr. Phil and I have all this script and stuff running through my head and I had to like get right up in the, in the mirror in my dressing room by myself and just look at myself and you're, you can do this, Deborah, you can do it. And I went out there and I nailed it. But five minutes before that, I was forgetting my lines. And <laughs> so it's all just head game. <laughs> you know, it is interesting because the negative energy that we create by the worry, it yeah. does it. I was reading a great book this past weekend called The Biology of Belief. It's actually an excellent book. It's on epigenetics oh, and wow. how our perceptions are what factor into our genetic abnormalities in yeah. some way shape or form so our perception of our environment is what might flip what they're thinking might flip a gene to become cancer or flip something to wow. create a disease and so i think that this new part of science is really going to change everything drastically because how we have perceived ourselves each other mm-hmm. and the world yeah. is absolutely having a, a negative impact on who we are as people and what we are doing to our bodies. Think about all the, the women that really don't like the way their bodies look and how yeah. negative that can be and oh. how injurious it is. And maybe that is one of the pieces that they can't figure out why some women gain weight and yeah. others can eat whatever they want and never right. gain weight. Right. So who knows? I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that ends up going, but I just was fascinated by it but it's clearly something to keep an eye on for the future Mm -hmm. oh absolutely that's very interesting yeah really so marketing Mm -hmm. is there a particular you know i I got your marketing piece it caught my attention Mm -hmm. and where marketing in business especially for dentists you know marketing Mm -hmm. is a huge part of our business Mm -hmm. is there a particular marketing idea that you had that you weren't sure was going to work, but it worked better than you expected. Is there anything in particular that reminds you of like, oh, that was much better than I expected? 
most, almost all of our marketing has been very grassroots. I mean, I've done a lot on social media, done a lot of podcasts, I've written articles, and that's really been where our marketing has been. And I attended the Disney Institute about eight Fabulous. months ago. Yeah, oh, it, was, oh, it was one of the best things ever. And it reminded me that they said, always remember, stay true to your passion. And it made me step back for a minute and think, you know, because of certain different influences along the way, like I worked with certain PR companies and social media companies, and they were kind of steering me away from my passion. And I was letting them do that because they were the experts. But when I stepped back and I thought about that, no, 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 no. We are going right back to your original passion and dream, Deborah, and you're going to stick with that. And I did. And then everything just started like falling into place at that point. So isn't that that's a great message because obviously we can get steered mm -hmm. by those that we think are professionals in our businesses. And we have to take a step back and say, is this the best thing for us? Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good and for when, you. When you follow your passion, it shows. I mean, that's what mm -hmm. people say, you know, when when I speak and stuff, they're like, your passion's just oozing out of you and then it just makes it easy you know? right right wow that's fabulous good for you just a couple more what helped you most get to where you are today is there any one thing that comes to mind when i ask you that question no i think it's just looking back on it just everything that i did along the way i became even back as far as you know middle school or high school i became a leader that helped groom me with each step that I took. And then when my son was growing up, I was working part-time and being a PTA mom and all that stuff. And really looking back at all the different programs and stuff, I started, like I started an out-to-lunch program at Jordan School and, you know, I was all these, I did all these environmental things. And looking back on it, it really groomed me for business. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it at the time. I was just doing stuff to be with my kid. But I learned so much about different aspects of businesses just by my volunteer work uh, along the way. So I don't think there's any one thing that really stuck out. But just looking back at it, it was just the natural progression, you know, how I got from A to B. Mm -hmm. and a lot of people, like when I'm mentoring people, a lot of people say, oh, I could never do what you did. I'm like, yes, you can. Mm -hmm. Anybody can do what I did. I have an associate's degree in dental hygiene. <laughs> I don't have an MBA, but I just had a, a dream and a passion and I just went and surrounded myself with the right people. I think that's clearly where most of our energy comes from is the passion and the vision for what we want. Mm -hmm. And when people don't know or never have felt that, right. I don't think they understand what it means. Right. And I think that if you think you're going to get someplace by watching TV every night and not being motivated to get up a little bit earlier to do all the things that mm -hmm. you need to do, I know just being a businesswoman that these are things that you do. You get up right. at the crack of dawn, right. you, you fit it all in because you have to, right. you don't have a choice. Right. And those are the steps that I think people need to understand. You know, I, I've always said to my students, you know, you take one step today towards your goal. 
podcast. Doesn't matter what you right. do, but just take mm -hmm. one step. If right. it's learning one new thing, if it's mm -hmm. whatever it's on your mental list, take one step to get closer to getting right. it off the list. Exactly. And I have a lot of people that say, well, I don't know what my passion is. How do I know that? Mm -hmm. And I didn't either. It right? took me driving home that day that I needed to help all my fellow dental professionals. I had to do that so that they could dress comfortably and they could dress professionally and they could dress safe. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was just like, we don't need to suffer like this anymore. You know, there, there has to be something we can do about it. And it just fell out of the sky one day and hit me in the head. <laughs> but this is interesting. I want you to understand that I just caught one word that you said. You had to do I it. had to do it. Yes. This is where I think that our passion really lies is you have to do something. You, you just feel so compelled mm -hmm. that that one thing, mm -hmm. you can't let it go. You keep thinking yeah. about it. Your mind is around it all the mm -hmm. time. And that passion is, that develops into what the passion is. And that's what the fuel is, I think. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Good for you. Good for you. I think that you know, the one thing that, that really is so exciting about your story is that, you know, the bravery is really clear. This was not a small feat for you to accomplish. <laughs> it's a live company that I'm sure gets international orders and it's not done in a, in a long period of time. I mean, you've become a success very quickly. Yes, it's happened. I, I read a lot and watch a lot of documentaries on entrepreneurs and, and overnight success usually takes 10 years. I mean, yeah. that's just how it is. But <laughs> you did it less than that. I did it in five and, and we still have a long ways to go. But I think I, I really should take the time and look at other uniform companies and was any of them started by just one person you know, that I had this dream? I don't know. But like I said, I just never really thought about it. I was just like, this is what I have to do for my dental professionals. And what I learned mm -hmm. very early on too, is there wasn't a uniform company who thought about our needs in dentistry at all. Right. They always think about medicine and not us. And, and rightly so. I mean, their medicine's way bigger and that's where the money is. But I mm -hmm. thought, no. And sometimes I'll have people say to me, well, why aren't you selling in other markets? And I said, well, it's not that I'm not selling in those other markets, but dentistry, those are my people. And right now, that that's how big our sales team is, that we can just handle dentistry. But I'm fine staying in my nice little niche of dentistry and being able to get what we do need for dentistry, you know, done because the other uniform companies aren't going to think about that. So I don't want to start catering to everybody else and lose that passion. Right. Well, I have enjoyed having you on the show yeah. and our conversations right. immensely. And I, I can't thank you enough. I know how busy you are and I know it's crazy right now. So <laughs> this I was really actually relaxing. Thank you. <laughs> oh, good. It's relaxing to just talk. I know. Right. <laughs> but I, I really appreciate your time. So just in case anybody really wants to get in touch with you, please tell us your website and your Facebook page and Instagram. I mm -hmm. think that's, those are the three things. Yeah. So it's twice as nice uniforms.com and all the information's on the website. There's an 800 number as well. And then yes, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. I think we're on Twitter. You can find us pretty much anywhere. And the best thing to do right now, because I am starting to add a bunch more products is go on our website and sign up for the newsletter. And then we will keep you apprised of things come along. Yep.
Yeah, I'm sure that people, you know, I know just from uh, the leadership role that I have at the Dental Society that people are just chomping at the bit to get back to work. Oh, yeah. Obviously, we can't go back until it's safe. Thank you so much but, for listening you know, to the Women in Dentistry podcast with Dr. MJ If you like our show and want to know more, more about us, too. check out our website, thewomenindentistry.com, <laughs> or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us for our next episode too. as we yeah, bring you another you amazing woman really leading the way for the next generation. Enjoy the rest of your day and try to get out there.